great to have you here at the Chapel of the Transfiguration out here in Moose. We are thrilled to have you with us today. I'm Scully Knight. I'm the chaplain at the Episcopal School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I have come from a long way to be here as well. We'll find out a little bit later where you might be from today. But today, the lessons that we have today, they're really interesting to me on first glance. I always think not so much just about the gospel lesson that we have, but how do the other readings sort of tie together and fit with the gospel? And so today we have from early on uh, a story about Abram, who is not even Abraham yet. Abram and Sarai have their names changed to Abram and Sarah a little bit later on. So it gives us an idea. This is one of God's initial conversations with Abram. And then we hear this sort of dissertation from Paul to the church at Rome about Abraham. And then we have Matthew's gospel of Matthew being called to be a disciple and some events that come after that. And it really made me think, I, in, the, in the collect of the day, so the prayer that I prayed for you right at the beginning that's not in your order of service, it says, O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. So it's simple. Just do what's right. Have a nice day. So when we think about that, that sounds extremely simple. Do what's right. Think what's right. And then do your best to do it. But we complicate everything. We as human beings tend to complicate all things. And if you ask probably any number of people in this chapel at the moment, or certainly any number of people that we might encounter over the course of our lives, or our day for that matter, what is right? We're going to get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. And so if you go back and you look at the readings, and then you sort of think about that idea through the course of these lessons that we hear today, it's interesting to think, and I mean, I'm a priest, so religion is kind of my business. But when God is speaking to Abraham, there is no religion. So think about that for a second. There's really no form of worship. God says to Abraham, you're here, and I want you to take your family and everybody you know and all the people around you, and I want you to go here. And Abraham says, okay, I'll go. And that is as simple as it gets. That is the root, the element of faith, is for us to follow where God would have us go, to follow where God leads. It's that simple. But it's really kind of funny. If you go back and you reread and you listen to what Paul says in Romans, Paul makes what happened in Genesis sound so complicated you can barely follow it. Like even these words meant this and those words meant that. And, but when you think about it, it was, simply, it was simple faith. It was simply obeying what God asked of you. And that's what Abraham does. He doesn't worship in the right way, on the right day. He doesn't kneel at certain times and stand and do this with his hand. Like, just go where I tell you to go. Okay. That'll work for now. And then we'll go on from there. 
So how does that work out when we have Matthew's gospel? So Matthew is writing about the story of Matthew being called to be a disciple. And it's interesting the things that happen. They are all rooted and grounded in that simplicity of faith. The first thing that happens in the lesson is Jesus comes walking by, and he's already called a few disciples, Peter and James and John, and he's walking through and he sees Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. Well, I, don't, I won't go into the whole, let's just, people did not like tax collectors at all. I don't know if anybody here works for the IRS, but I don't know that people like tax collectors a whole lot now either. But back then, there was a whole sort of thing around it that they were really working both sides. They were Jewish, but also worked with the Roman government, and so people didn't really care for him that much. And Jesus sees Matthew and says, come and follow me. I want you to be one of my disciples. And he just goes, okay. And he gets up and he follows. Very much like Abraham did when God said, go here. And he left and he went. So Matthew gets up and he follows Jesus. And then there's a dinner, and they're all there together, and while they're at the dinner, these leaders of the church kind of question Jesus as to why, why are you hanging out with these people? Like, you should be hanging out with us. We're the more important of the folks. So why are you sort of spending time with these tax collectors and sinners and these other people? And he says, this is where the work is. Like, if I'm going to do what God has called me to do, this is what we're going to do, and this is where we're going to go. Tonight, we got overflow crowds So, Jesus says to these leaders of the church at this point, you're making this really complicated. And what I'm telling you is, the people who need to hear about God's love are these people. You seem to have everything under control. You're good. I'm going to help these folks who seem to need some help. And then we get this story that is sort of put together like a sandwich. We used to, in, in seminary, they taught us it's an ABA. So you have the first part where the leader of the synagogue comes and says, My daughter, he doesn't say my daughter is sick, he says, My daughter is dead, but you can raise her. And then while they're on the way, that's the A part, then the B part in the middle is the woman comes along and says, to herself, if I could just touch your cloak, I know that I will be healed of this infirmity that I've had. She doesn't, she doesn't say it out loud to Jesus. And then she does it, and he says, your faith has made you well. And then he finishes the A, B, A, goes back to the first part of the story and says, She's not dead. She's sleeping, and everybody laughs. They're like, we know a dead person when we see one. She's dead. And he raises her from the dead. And so all these things are acts of faith. They're not acts of practice. They're not acts of religion. They're not doing something the right way. It's not complicated. It's simple. It's a simple act of devotion and love and following and faith. We complicate everything. I had a, a head of school that I worked with one time, and whenever you wanted to create a new program at the school, he said, that's great. What are you going to get rid of? <laughs> and he, I mean, he meant it. He was like, if it's a good program, I want us to have it, and I want us to create it. 
But we're not just going to keep adding and adding and growing and growing because then people get stretched too thin, feel like they're not being effective, the work is not great. So if there's something meaningful, that's great. But that means something else has to go. We can't just keep adding on and adding on. And we, as human beings, we're great at that, aren't we? We add this, and we add this, and we add this, and we do more, and we do more, and we do more all the time. Sometimes we revel in that, how busy we are, how much we have to do. But how often do we really let something go and take a step back and simplify our lives? Simplifying our lives can be one of the absolute most difficult things for us to do. I hope, I really do hope and pray, because I'm, I'm there with you. I hope that since you're here... <laughs> That since you're out here vacationing in this beautiful place, that you are or spending time here doing whatever it is you might be doing, that maybe you are finding that, that maybe you are finding that ability to step back and to simplify and to let some things go. So that when God calls us to do those things that we know are right, that are obvious to us, to be in communication, to be in community and connection with those around us. That's what we're called to. That's what God desires of us. That's the way this liturgy today that we celebrate in this Holy Eucharist is built. We are asked to come listen to the Word of God, hear someone expound upon it a little bit. We listen to prayers, we confess our sins, we make peace with one another, and then we come to this table to be filled with the body and blood of Christ as one community as a representative community of the body of Christ, to then be sent out into the world to live into that community with all those who we encounter over the course of our week and our lives. That's not complicated. That's simple. And that's what we are all called to do. Amen. Amen.